0: What's going on everybody? You're rocking with the Cash Flow President and this is the Cash Flow President podcast where we discuss personal development, finance, health, knowledge and empowerment. All right guys, so today we're going to be doing uh credit. Uh that's a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Um because it's what got me on the journey to where I'm at now. It got me it put me in position to have the mindset that I have now. It was the the cause that started the ripple effects of my current situation. You know, I found out about credit in uh, December of last year, December 2020. I found out about it, the importance of it, and the doors that it can open. And it was just a, a awesome ripple effect ever since then. Um, I pretty much, like, started looking to okay, well, look, if I get my credit right, you know, credit opens doors of funding, which can uh, you can leverage to start businesses. Uh, people don't just save $20,000 to start a business, a, a clothing business or a, a McDonald's or, you know, if they're a franchisee or, you know, things of that nature, laundromats, daycares. We don't just save that type of money. Some people can and do, but the the smart investors, I'm going to call it, uh they will more so leverage their credit um for the simple fact that credit offers you it offers you the ability to not just have to cash out at one time but you can make payments on whatever you do over time, which allows you to be able to get the most out of it if you you know acquire an asset that can produce income. And use that asset to make payments on that line of credit that you opened up, you'll essentially be able to get maximum profits with very little overhead, uh, in which is simply just little to no cost. So you don't have to pay for all the extra stuff that you'd have to pay for everything else. You just make payments to that company that you borrowed that money from. Credit just essentially got me started with the idea of... Because credit is basically paying your bills, paying them on time, and paying the full balance of it or the full amount of it, right? That's what credit is. So essentially, it's simply adulting. You know what I'm saying? Credit got me hip to what I call adulting. You know, you're putting your big boy pants on, right? because you don't want to miss any payments and you definitely want to make sure you pay on time. Too often we'll sit here and not want to pay any money to to the people we owe or bills or whatever like that. Well, I just, i wait till I get this next check or I'll wait till I do it then or whatever you decide to do right or, well, I can't afford to do it in that way. Yeah, true enough, you can afford it. You just haven't cut out your bad habits that you've developed to be able to afford to pay whatever bills you need at whatever time. So they kind of got me going on that that, that tandem, that uh, tangent, I mean, of being able to, I, le- I started learning to leverage myself and manage myself and manage my finances because now I have to, now I have to pay these bills in order to build my credit up. And that's what you should look to do. So that's just uh and then that's just a little backstory on how I started my journey of the different investments I have, the, the mindset that I have, the uh, good habits that I have. It all stemmed from me building credit, learning about credit, and, and the power of credit. So, what is credit? And this is by definition. I'm going to explain it to you, I'm going to break it down, but this is by definition. Credit is the trust. That's the word right there that you need to understand with credit trust. Credit is the trust which allows one party to provide money or resources to another party, wherein the second party does not reimburse the first party immediately, but promises either to repay or return those resources at a later date. Okay, so with that being said, so credit is the trust that allows one party, which is typically lenders, which a.k.a. Banking institutions, financial institutions, people that would give you money they they're they able to provide you money or resources, which is uh typically money if it 's a loan if it 's a credit card uh, things of that nature uh a a line of credit or or resources which is uh homes uh automobiles for auto loans, homes, and stuff like that um, to and even phones people finance phones, people finance furniture. Uh, uh, TVs, uh, washer, dryer, stuff like that, right? You go to Best Buy, you finance things. That's they're providing you a resource. You know, they're giving you a line, uh, uh, a primary line of credit, in order for you to repay them for the object that they're going to give you now. Okay, so the second party does not reimburse the first party immediately. That's a key word because you don't have to pay it all back in one lump sum. When you get a credit card, you, you typically have a bill you pay every month until that draws back down to zero, right? But promises to either repay or return those items at a later date. When you finance a car you, or when you lease a car, uh, you, you don't own it. it well, you, you can lease to own, but typically when you lease a car as opposed to uh, you know getting it financed when you lease a car, you after that three-year term or two-year term, You have to return that vehicle back. Now You can get another one, but typically you have to just return that vehicle back. Okay, so that's what credit is. Credit is essentially trust. How much can I trust you that I want to give you a high amount of money, a a high dollar amount at a low interest, right? That's all credit is. It's your life grade. Uh, simply put, if you want to put it in lamest terms, you know, it's it's the grade that you get in life. You get a grade in life, and uh, you get a grade in school. This is your grade in life. That's what credit is. Credit is is how much. How, look, put it like this. You have, if you 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 wouldn't want to give nobody no money that you don't trust, right? You have a friend or something like that. If a stranger walked up to you off the street and said, hey, can I have some money? I'm not talking about, you know, someone that's possibly homeless or something like that. Of course, we want to, you know, give back and give to the homeless, you know, right? Uh, people that's in worse positions or something like that. I'm talking about if someone just walked up to you, a stranger, a complete stranger, you've never seen him a day in life, walks up to you and says, hey, can I borrow $100 or they say $5,000 or something like that? Chances are you... <laughs> you might you try not to laugh at first, but you either respond with what laughter or like maybe sarcasm, sarcasm, or maybe like just a plain out no type of deal. Because you don't know that person, you don't trust that person. If you're a mom or someone that you love, a spouse maybe came to you and said, "Hey, I need to borrow this right now. I'll pay it back to you over time," or in one lump sum. Chances are you do it. You know. Or you'd be more inclined to do it because you trust that person. You know them, right? You built that trust. That's what credit is. So credit is uh, the the higher your credit score because it's a model between 300 and 850. So it's it's a model of it's basically it determines your credit worthiness, right? You know, or do the lenders, a.k.a. banks, remember, trust you enough to extend credit Or lend money to you. So if you have a low credit score, I'm going to say at the bottom 300, chances are they will deny you altogether, not want to give you money, not want to lend to you, not want to establish a relationship with you. As opposed to if you had a higher score upwards of the 800, 850 marker. Well, 700 is considered good. Once you hit 700, you're in the good category. Well, really, it's 680, but, I mean, you, you want to get into the sevens, right? So when when you get into the 700 category, that's when you're considered good. You know, you're not just fair, you know, and the 800 is uh, exceptional, and the 850 is a perfect score. So the way, the way credit works is the higher your score, the more money that uh, uh, a financial institution will be willing to lend you At a lesser interest rate, interest can kill people. Um, You can have people with the different credit scores, one high, one low, purchase the same ticket item, whether it be a car, and then one person end up paying, because of interest, end up paying uh, uh, exponentially. And I mean thousands more than the person with the good credit. Uh, one, the payments are are typically lower. The monthly payments and the interest is lower. You ever you ever wondered how? because yeah, trust me, I know we all know someone where they get a new car. Man, how much you paying every month? Oh, I'm just paying. I'm paying three hundred. Oh, I'm paying three fifty. Oh, I'm paying two fifty. Like what? How did you get it that low? How did? You, how did you do that? But well, chances are, <laughs> chances are they have pretty good credit. You know, or you ever seen someone who got a house or a car with zero down? They just walked up. You know, they got the commercials on the. Uh, commercials on the radio nowadays come in with zero down and yada 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 and then they start talking real fast and then so, and then, you know what i'm saying like they were they were all like excited telling you about all the come on down you can understand every word we have this for you that for you that for you pay this or nothing at all we'll take care of it and then at the because it's a change and you know that's because they're telling basically what they're saying and that fast talk that they're doing the fine print that people don't read it, it's it's all based on your credit. It's all based on whether they're they're, they're able to extend uh, how much they're able to extend to you, and at what rate they're able to extend it to you. So, just understand that the higher the score, chances are the the more money that they'll be willing to lend you if you're dealing with loans or lines of credit or uh, um, credit cards and stuff like that. Credit card is just a it's a it's a loan in the form of a card that you get to continuously have funds available to it doesn't just go down and deplete I'll I'll talk about that in another another podcast but so so if you got a higher score you can get that same card that costs $40,000 but pay 300 a month and at you know, two percent interest, three percent interest, whereas opposed to someone with bad credit, will get the same car. We all know people who've paid five hundred dollars a month for a car. That's crazy, right? I've been there. Trust me, that's not that's that's an obscene amount of money. So, as opposed to paying two fifty, two hundred, three hundred, you'll be paying five hundred, six hundred every single month for that car, and then on top of that, you'll get charged crazy amounts of interest. I'm talking about, and when the way that they do interest is, you know how percentages work. Um, if I'm taxed 10% on $100, that means I'm going to be taxed a uh, $100. I mean $10, I'm sorry, $10 on that 100 That's what I'll be paying in interest. That's how they do taxes and stuff like that. Interest is essential. It's a tax that's put on the money that you borrow, okay? And the, the lower the amount that you have, uh, in interest the, the more you get to save If I pay 10% interest on $100 That's $10 But if I pay 1% interest on that same $100 Now I'm only paying $1 as opposed to that 10 You see what I'm saying? You get to save money So the lower the interest the more money is saved Just think about it If someone has 2% interest on a vehicle That's at $40,000 And another one has 26% interest On that same vehicle just imagine that's that $1 to $10 ratio I just got through talking about essentially that's what it is but since it's a whole lot more money it's on a larger scale right it's on a whole larger it's on a whole larger scale like think about it uh 10% of $100 is $10 but 10% of $2000 is $200 so you you got to understand you're paying interest on that total number so if the total number is is for $40,000 and you're paying 26% interest as opposed to the other guy who's paying uh, uh 10% interest. I mean, 2% interest. You're gonna be paying a lot more money. That's the benefit of having good credit. That's the benefit of having tr- that level of trust from from a lender. Okay, how much can they trust you? Do they trust you enough to give you like when you first uh, if you first start building credit? Typically, your credit card limits will be three hundred dollars, right? and then the the further along you get in your journey you start getting to a thousand dollar offers two thousand dollars five thousand dollars and you got some people have ten thousand cars with ten thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars you get loans from banks or something like that and they'll give you they might give you 500 bucks or a thousand dollars but instead you'll be getting twenty thousand dollars ten thousand dollars at lower interest rates you're saving money and and when you use the that uh other people's money aka debt aka credit to buy Uh, income producing assets and the money that you make on that, the return that you get on that investment, it'll be an infinite return because you didn't put any of your own money into the game and you will continuously make a profit so it's an infinite return on that right there, uh, return on investment. Uh, which is a beautiful thing it's a whole different world and i you know I'll do a podcast on that on a later date as well, but yeah, credit is essentially trust uh like i say it's your life grade, so the higher your life grade the 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 better the more the more you'll end up being able to do get and and receive from these financial institutions. How much can they trust you? Right, and as you like, I said, it comes with paying your bills, paying them on time, and 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 you're not you're not cheating yourself at that point. At that point, you're doing what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to be doing doing it, and you're rewarded for it in terms of high limit funding, in terms of low interest rates, in terms of zero down, in terms of being able to start businesses and doing the things you're looking to be able to do. Um, so, like I said, credit is any, is is any type of funding. Uh, it can be in uh, uh, in the form of loans, which are, as I said, auto loans. That's your car payments. That's an, that's an auto loan. Your mortgage, your home loans, that's going to be the stuff that you pay when you're not renting a house, but when you're going through a bank and you've gotten that home loan, and you, you're buying that house, you're paying down that loan. That's a loan, an uh, installment loan, a loan you get from your bank account. Uh, from your bank, I mean, or any other financial institution, uh, those payday loans, those type of deals, title loans, and stuff those are installments there uh, that you pay them at a um you pay them at a, uh, what's that called, a constant clip. It's the same amount every month. You pay it, just like your car note. That's, an, that's a form of an installment loan. You pay $500 a month. It doesn't change. Interest stays the same, it, and and the uh the amount of money you pay doesn't change. the The difference is you have to know how to structure your payments because if your interest is super high, you won't have no money going towards your principal, which is that total dollar amount. The $40,000 that you got for that loan that you got for that car, because you're essentially getting a loan for $40,000 if you buy a $40,000 car, uh, you put whatever down on it, and then the rest of it is given to you in the form of a loan. That's how you're able to make those payments. So if you get a $40,000 car, you put $2,000 down, that means you have a loan for $38,000, okay, and then you'll make... Uh, steady payments, which is installments, you will make five hundred dollar payments on that until that uh, over time until that month until that uh, number reaches zero until you draw down on it, until it reaches zero. Well, first you're gonna have to pay through the interest until you get to the principal. A lot of the money that we spend on uh, automobiles goes towards the interest before you get to the actual principal, which will be that initial forty thousand that turn into that thirty eight thousand dollars at that two thousand dollar down payment. So a lot of that money would go into the to the uh, interest first, and then it goes to the principal. Have you ever had a car a car note, and you got a little bit ahead on it, like you pay extra, and then every time you pay extra, they try to get you to pay less that next month. <laughs> That's because where they're not able to charge you as much money, if it, as opposed to if you would have just uh, made just the minimum payment. If you, if you make the minimum payment, you're gonna get. Most of that going towards the interest and then a little bit going towards the principal, which is be taking down that total amount. So that's why they get to the, extend that loan over three years, four years. They're getting three to four years worth of interest on you, whereas opposed if you paid that extra money – then you would be paying into the principal, which is to make that that top dollar amount that thirty-eight thousand. that started at a forty thousand, you'll make that top dollar amount go down even more and even quicker. So they have less time to uh, to charge you on that. They have less time to have that loan with you because you're gonna pay it off quicker. And in turn, they get less money from you. And this is just understanding credit and knowing about credit, and knowing how it works. I actually had a car one time. I was paying like uh, I think fifty to a hundred dollars extra on it every month and within like three to four months they were uh trying to give me like oh you can you don't have to pay this month or you know or you or i was like paying like a hundred bucks or something i paid the regular amount and guess what whatever uh, percentage of it went towards that interest and then the rest went to principal i was knocking down that big that big chunk uh quicker because i knew about it and i was getting charged less than the process so i knew about it um another type of credit is gonna be uh your credit cards okay that's gonna be um, your 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 secured cards, your uh your unsecured credit cards. Okay, those are those are uh, a type of credit. Um, and typically, uh, you want to have an, a revolving line of credit. Uh, that means you didn't have to put none of your own money down. Uh, you want to have a revolving line. Well, a secured line of credit is a uh, revolving as well, but. What makes it secure is you secure that line of credit with the money that you put towards it. Okay? You had to fund it with something. You had to add collateral. The money that you put up is collateral because if they don't trust you and you you can't get a regular credit card, you have to get a secure card, it's because you're not trusted and your credit is probably bad or you don't have any credit and you don't have that trust built up with financial institutions for them to be able to pull from and see, hey, I I can tell, okay, his history is pretty good. I can give him some money. If you don't have, if you have bad credit or you have no credit, they'll be more they'll have to, they they won't, they're not sure if they can trust you or not. So you have to put, you have to give them something. Because if you default on it and stop paying or let the account close in bad standing, well, guess what? They don't, no no harm, no foul. They, They didn't just lose a bunch of money. Uh, uh, essentially, they got paid for it because you put up your money. So all you did was lose money, and all they did was win. They got the payments, they got to charge you the transaction fees, they got to charge you the monthly fees, they got they got to charge you the interest, and then you know from the times that you were making payments, and then they kept whatever money that you started it out with. You paying them to 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 use one of their products. So that's what that is: an unsecured uh, line of credit. Is uh, and it can be anything. A loan can be unsecured. That means you don't have to put nothing up towards it, right? You don't have to put uh, none of your own property or collateral up in order to do it. Money, property, whatever, right? You don't have to put none of that up in order to receive that line of credit. They just they they trust you enough. I trust you enough to give you this five hundred dollars. I trust you enough to give you this $5,000. It just depends on how good your credit is. It just depends on, like, how, how much they're willing to give you depends on how good your credit is. Uh, someone can get a card with uh, a, a Capital One credit card with a $500 limit, and if someone else can apply at the exact same time and get a Capital One credit card with the $5,000 limit. Well, chances are the person that got the $5,000 limit credit was better, was a bit better than the, uh, the other person's, right? So that's how that works. Uh, we already touched on interest, uh, the and basically, and uh, so an installment loan, interest on an installment loan would be a bit different from uh, interest on a credit card. Credit cards, they do com- what you call compound interest, okay? And what compound interest is, it's when you take the total balance for whatever it is every single day, and you charge interest on that balance daily okay or they do averages like whatever your weekly balance was for that week or whatever the case may be that's probably why some of you had possibly heard like someone say uh they they make a payment on their cars like two times a month uh they they think they think it helps their credit score out it it doesn't what it does is it is it, it's helping you pay less in interest because the way it's calculated is how much was your daily balance or your weekly balance and if I have a card and I have $50 on it uh the first to start the month for the first week of the month I have $50 on it and then so I have a daily balance of $50 up until let's say I decide to make a payment in week two of that first month I make $25 payment well, now my balance for that second week is going to be 25. And then for the first two weeks, it'll get averaged out to whatever it'll be, uh, what, 75 divided by 2, whatever that is. Okay. <laughs> that's going to be the uh, average interest, the uh, average daily balance that's going to be getting charged interest for that first two weeks. That's how it works. It's compounding over time. If you compound anything, it's uh, simply being, it's its adding to something over time. You compound uh, your, let's say, uh, how many pennies you save in the uh, in your piggy bank. If you compound it by one penny a day, well, guess what? In 30 days, you'll have 30 pennies, uh, as opposed to doing just interest on that one item, which is, let's say, we have a, that same 30 pennies, and then you just charge whatever interest to that at that moment in time, you will have a lesser amount, you know. So in a month, instead of having 30 pennies as, as compounded, you will have just three pennies or 10 pennies, you know. Uh, that's how it works. So when it's compounded, it's more. So that's why credit cards, uh, they make a good amount of money on people with bad credit because it, you have that interest on that total balance being compounded over time. Every day, whether it's every day, every week, every month, or whatever, right? They're they're charging your arm and leg to use their products because your credit isn't good, okay? And how you determine the the not how, but the people who determine what type of funding you receive and you know whether you're credit worthy is going to be the credit bureaus, okay? Basically, they're the principles. Uh, whose historical records of you determine whether or not you get funding or not, right? So they're essentially, the credit bureaus are essentially the school principals in life, okay? And in their historical records of you, like the the, the, the whatever information they build on you over time, be it good or bad, is what determines whether or not you will get funding and to an extent, It determines how much you'll get in funding and also what interest rates you'll pay. Think about it like this. If if you sit here and, oh, just before we get into that, the credit bureaus are going to be transunion. It's actually, like, Eight of them, I believe, but the main ones, the big three, they call them the big three, is TransUnion, Equifax, and the biggest of the big three is going to be Experian, okay? Um, you can look up the rest of them in your own time. That's actually going to be my challenge to you, my uh, homework for you, to look up the rest of the credit bureaus, find out about them, and do your homework on them, right? So those are your principles. Those are your big three principles. Those are the guys that sit here and tell you, hey, will tell the lenders, tell these banking institutions, hey, this, I give this guy some money. Okay, and then with the history that you have the data in their in their books on you on in your file, we all have files okay the data they have in their file whether it's delinquencies, derogatory marks, collections repos uh what's that called foreclosures uh bankruptcies, all that good stuff all of that stuff is in your file, right, so if you've defaulted on loans or or uh, your credit card is, is uh, delinquent or something like that, like you stop paying on it altogether or whatever like that, those are negative remarks on your credit report that that those principals have in their files at all times. So if you ever try to go somewhere and get a car, get a house, get a credit card, you want to get a loan for any reason, you know, you want to go get a um, personal line of credit, you want to go get a washer, a couch from rent center okay, they're going to go look at the information. They're gonna go look into your information. They're gonna do they're gonna pull your credit report. They're gonna do a hard pull in your credit report. They can actually see all the ins and outs, what you have going on, how how much credit are you using? Are you making your payments on time? Do you have any derogatory marks, any delinquencies, any bankruptcies, any foreclosures, anything like that, any repo? They wanna go see, hey. Are you paying your bills? That's what these lenders are doing to to determine whether they're gonna give you some money, how much money they're gonna give, and at what interest rate. If you have good credit, then guess what? When they go look into your file, they're gonna say, "Hey, this guy's this guy's all right with me." I right, you know what? I, I feel like I can give him some money, and I don't even have to worry about. It. Have you ever gave someone some money and you like? Thought about whether they're going to pay you back. Like, man, I hope they pay you. Like, you know, you, you know you can treat – like, you actually like them to an extent. You, you love them. Or you may even love them. And then it's like, man, like, I, like they call you and they're like, uh, well, man, I might be a little late this month or I might – yeah, those are those guys, with those low credit scores. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, how, how much can I trust you? So if they see you with a higher credit score, they're going to be more inclined to give you more, you know, at a lower interest rate. So if you go to – um. Uh, uh, Let's say Rent center You're looking at a couch or something You get a couch for Let's say a thousand dollars And They're like And, and it's a thousand dollar price tag on it, okay well we 're going to give you a five thousand dollar limit, so you can actually go shop around and get you some more stuff. you 're going, oh, damn, I get a five thousand dollars yeah, we'll give you five thousand you know that's because your credit says you know once they put in your information, they did that pool in your report, and they're able to see everything that's inside of that report they're able to understand hey I, I i can I can give this guy a little bit more than that than what he was trying to come get, and you know what? Just because he's a pretty good fella, man, I give it to him at a little less interest. You know, instead of doing, cause some people, some places have like uh, that interest are at a variable rate. And you know what a variable is? It's uh, it's not a constant. It's an unknown, right? It's a it can be a range of things. It can be you know whatever. If you have a set uh, principal, I mean set interest, that's a different story. But so most places have a variable interest rate, and what that is is just between uh uh whatever percentage and whatever other percentage the low end and the high end you want to get to the lowest end possible when dealing with interest because like we said earlier it's interest is money saved the lower in, the lower the interest rate you have, the more money you save right the more you pay an in interest, the more you're going to pay on that total cost okay that's how it works so you go somewhere to receive funding, they give you you know what I'm saying you, like I said the couch you want costs a thousand dollars. They tell you hey we're we're going to extend to you five thousand dollars at twelve percent interest. Chances are you have pretty decent credit someone else can someone else can come in there at the exact same moment in time you came in there, and their credit is poor. Uh what they the the what the, the institution would do, what the uh uh rent center would do, they'll go look into that same person's credit, the other person's credit, just like they looked into looked into yours. They well, what well, is it's a delinquency here, uh oh, man, it's a derogatory mark there, uh oh, it's a repo there. Man, alright. That was three late payments, three missed payments? Uh yeah. Either they're going to be like, well, we'll give you 500 bucks, take it or leave it. Or they'll be like, well, sorry, we can't approve you for anything at this moment. You've been somewhere or you've been at like Macy's or something. They used to do, uh, well, hey, sign up for uh, a card and get 10% off on your offer. Same thing with Amazon. Sign up for an Amazon card. And when you're checking out of Amazon, sign up for the Amazon card. and You get this much off on your offer or whatever, like on your, on your purchase and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you, you, a lot of us have done that. You do it. And then guess what? Denial. That's because what they did is they looked at your credit report to see if they don't just sit here and say pick and choose randomly, uh, who gets to get some money and who doesn't, you know, it's it's a formula for it. It's data points that they go by in order to determine who's gonna get what. That's how they do it. They don't just sit here and be like, Okay, one out of ten ah, you just unlucky, unlucky tenth person or you're the unlucky seventh person that came through and we gave everybody else some money, but yeah, we're not going to do. You. you just came at the wrong time. We're not, no, it's not how it works. It's what is on your credit profile that determines whether you're going to go get that ten percent off when you check out of Amazon at that point or not. They're not going to deny you because you have uh uh because you were just the unlucky individual that just didn't get a chance to get selected. No, they denied you because. You were the individual who had a life grade that was too poor for them to want to extend any funding to you and for them to want to give you anything that's worth having. That's what that was. So that's why you came up short in that department. Okay. so how credit is broken down It's broken down by your payment history. Uh, Imagine a pie chart and we're going to break this pie chart into slices. Right. Thirty five percent of that pie chart is gonna be your payment history. That's the biggest slice of that pie. Uh, And your payment history is simply, do you pay on time? Not late, not, not a month later, it's on time payments. That's what payment history is. On time payments. That's how you build that trust by paying people back on time. And if you can pay them back all their money in full, that's even better. Trust me, people like being paid back on time and in full, okay? If you go send someone borrow let someone borrow some money, a hundred bucks, they say I'll pay it back to you Friday, guess what? You're looking for that hundred bucks on Friday. That's how this works with credit, except for if you don't pay those people their hundred dollars back, your credit score will show that you didn't pay that people their hundred dollars back, all right? So when it comes to payment history, you typically want to have 100% uh, on time payments. You don't want to miss any payments. It's a really big piece of your score and it's a lot that goes into payment history, okay? So if you look, I'm gonna show it to you like this. If you have 100% payment history, that's exceptional. If you have 99% payment history, which means there's probably a mispayment in there probably some years back. You have enough payments to uh, suffice for it, to make up for it, right? And, you know, you're, you're at 99 percentile on the payment history. That's considered good. 98 percent payment history is considered poor. Not fair, not, accept, not, not it's poor, okay? It's poor. 98 percent payment history is poor. If you were in school, guess what? If you, get, you take a test, And on that test, you make a 98, chances are you'll be at the top of your class. Or you'll be, that's an A plus, right? You'll be at the top of your class. You're going to get the recommended performance, you know, the outstanding performance and all that good stuff. Well, in the world of credit, a 98 in terms of payment history is poor. So, for your life grade, you don't want to make ninety percent, 98% of your payments. You want to make 99% to 100% of your payments. This is a good way to look at it right here. Let's say you have one credit card, right? And you pay on it every month. You, you, you spend some money and you pay on it for 12 months. Okay? So, in that 12 months, if you miss one payment, if you miss one payment in 12 months, the way that that... Uh, um, the way that it's calculated your percentage is calculated it's going to be the total number of payments or the total number of on-time payments over the total number of payments so the total number of on-time payments over the total number of payments so if i have a credit card that means and i have and i pay on it for the whole year that's 12 months right so if i have 12 months of payments that's my bottom line, that's my denominator If I miss one payment at 12 months, that means I have 11 over 12, okay? That's my numerator. The 11 on-time payments is my numerator. The 12 total payments is going to be my denominator, okay? That equals 91% payment history. In school, that's an A. In the world of credit, you're not to be trusted. Okay, you'll end up getting a a $300 credit card with a 29% interest rate. That's bad. Okay, that's how that works. That's how payment history is working. That's the biggest piece of that pie chart. Keep keep that in mind. You want to pay and you want to pay on time. Okay, The, the full amount. If they say you owe them $100. Then that don't mean pay 50, no part unless you're going to pay 50 dollars and halfway through the month and the other 50 dollars at the end of the month when the payments due. That's okay. But if you're just going to say I'm going to pay half of that amount for this month, that is a no, no. The next slice of pie is going to be your next biggest percentage. It's going to be utilization. Okay, how much credit are you are you using in proportion to the total available credit? And that slice of pie is going to be worth 30 percent of your score. Okay, that's how that works right there. Um, And what what utilization is, like I said, how much credit are you using to the total amount you have available? If you have a $1,000 credit limit and you're using $100 of that at the time that it reports, and listen to me, at the time it reports, then that means you have a credit utilization of 10% at the time of reporting. Okay, you can use as much as as you want to. You can use the whole $1,000 if you want to, but when it's time to pay your bill and it's time for that card to report, you want to have paid off that, you know, $1,000, right? You want to get that down, you know, because the lenders don't want you to use all of their money. They're going to take you as a high risk. They want you to have the money, and they want you to use it. But when it comes to credit cards, uh, loans are a bit different because you got fixed You got, you got got fixed uh payment rates on loans. You got fixed uh it's fixed it's an installment right you get it's a fixed amount every month it's a hundred dollars it's not like a credit card where it's like you 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 have a thousand dollar card you spend 400 bucks they'll tell you you have a 50 dollar payment right that's totally different you know you want to make sure you pay that down even more um so they want to make sure you're not using all them if it's a loan it's a different story i'm talking about credit cards right now they want to make sure you're not using all of their money in terms of uh credit utilization Uh, so 30% of your score, which is a big chunk of a hundred percent, but we're going with a hundred percent of a full pie and and it is two last two items. We're already at 65%. Okay. 35 for your payment history. Now 30 for your credit utilization. Uh, most people say, so basically if you, if you, you, if you max out your credit card, if you use the whole thing every month or if you use half of it every month, you're going to lose points. The credit, uh, credit card companies report to the principals, to the credit bureaus, once a month. Okay? They show the activity that you've had, not the total everyday activity, but the activity that you have, you've had for that month. They take all the activity for the month, pull it together, come up with their numbers, and then they report that to the principals. Okay? And if the principals deem that you didn't use your card effectively, guess what happens at the end of that month? You lose points as opposed to getting points. Okay, so in the world of credit, in a credit card, people feel like uh, what they say you want to be at 30% utilization. Well, in school, that's a B. I mean, a C actually. That's a C. You barely made the cut. You barely passed. If your utilization is 30%, you you have a C for that for that grade for that six weeks. You have a C. Well, for, for that month, because it's credit, right? It's not school. Credit, credit. You'll have a. So you'll have a, a C. That month, if you have twenty percent utilization that's a b you're doing a little bit better you might not lose you're not going to lose any points you might not gain any points if you're zero through nine percent that's considered an a in the world of credit. People with good credit on average have three through five percent credit utilization people with eight hundred credit scores seven hundred and thirty credit scores uh uh eight hundred fifty perfect credit scores they're gonna have three through uh well zero through five percent utilization okay so You definitely, that's an A. That's how you get an A in credit by not having high balances reported to the credit bureaus. But I didn't say by not using a lot of the money because you can use it all day, it's there for you to use. But you have to be willing to pay it all back down. In order for it to report in your favor, that's what I'm saying so so you can avoid losing those points by knowing when to pay your bill i I'll, I'll put that uh due date versus a uh, statement date. I'll do that in another podcast uh the, uh, the next slice of the pie is worth fifteen percent. It's going to be the length of credit history okay average or what they call average age of accounts. And basically, the longer your account is open and in good standing, the better, okay? So the length of credit history, how long have you had your oldest account? If you have a credit card that's, and it's the only card you have to your name and you only had it for three months, well, you haven't built up enough trust with these lenders yet, with these financial institutions yet, with the credit bureau, you haven't shown your principles enough for them to be able to tell people that they should give you high amounts of money. You're still considered a riskier lender. Even though it's the only credit card you've ever had in your life, you're still considered a risky lender because they don't have enough history on you. They don't know, well, I mean, you only had this car for three months. Anything can happen in a year. In, I mean, in three anything can happen in a year. That's how you look at it. Anything can happen in two years. That's how you look at it. it how If you have a car for 10 years with the exceptional payment history, 100% on-time payment history, you're more inclined to get the type of funding and the type of interest rates that you seek because, they have you have a proven track record over time. That's how trust is built, right? Trust is built over time, but it's broken at one instant, right? So if you start missing payments one time or miss payments over time, then guess what? The, that instant, those two instances, that's gonna get you those uh, lower uh, uh, credit card uh, balances, total uh, total amounts, and and higher interest rates, or it's gonna get you access to, you know, make you have to put more. Of a down payment down on that car with a high interest rate type of deal and higher payments, that's because it, it, they want to know that you can they can trust you over long periods of time. In the world of credit, if you have one year, and, you, and people think a year is a long time, if you have one year of credit history, one year of whatever credit card installment loans that you have, that's considered bad. Two through four years is considered fair. If you think about it, if you had a car, a credit card, you've been paying on time for four years. They consider that to be fair. Like, that's just decent in the world of credit. The fact that you've never missed a payment in four years is decent. That's crazy, right? And if you miss a payment, you'll lose a bunch of points, and and it'll just be horrible for you. Okay? And five through seven years is is considered excellent. It's considered good through excellent. Five being good and then going to seven would be excellent, right? So if you have a card for seven years or more or an account, it doesn't have to be a card. It can be an account, student loans uh student loans stand on people uh profile for ten years, twenty years at a time. It it can be a bad thing. People some people think it's a bad thing, but it's actually good. You you're showing positive payment history. Until that account closes, you're showing positive payment history, which is a beautiful thing. You're showing positive payment history over the years of time. So you, you definitely wanna do that. Um, another way to help the average age of your accounts grow and blossom will be to what they call gardening your credit or credit gardening. And what that means is you plant those seeds when you open your account. That's the seed you planted. But you, you, you water it. You let it grow and you let it harvest for, you know, a year's time. People say the, they, uh ideally you want to only open one to two accounts a year. Okay, that way that account can have time to age, it can have time to grow, and then you won't get too many inquiries on your credit report or hard pulls on your credit report. So it's a kind of a double effect. You, your accounts get to grow because every time you open a new account, they average the age of your account. If you open an account right now, if you open an account now, and a year from now, you open another account, um, well, and that is in. So that means your oldest account will be a year old, but since you open a new account, which is at zero, they're gonna average those two together over the course of your two, uh, over the duration of those two accounts. Your new average age of account will be six months. So you, so that's a year of history that you've had that's going to – it's going to still be there, but it's going to – in your total average age of accounts, it's going to drop down. It's going to make it look like you've only been having credit for six months because you have that brand-new card, that brand-new inquiry, that brand-new line of credit on your report, you know, it, which brings down because that – because you got a whole new card another another year later. So – you're just bringing down that average age of account. Same thing. If I get a card now and then six months later I decide to get another card, guess what? My credit, my average age of credit just went down to three months. And then if I add another one in another three months, it's going to keep going down, keep going down. Those those accounts don't have time to age. You don't have time to build that trust with those principles. The credit bureaus letting them know, hey, I'm making these on-time payments, so you definitely want to do that. Uh, the next piece of the pie would be, Ten percent for the the mix of credit that you have. Okay, that's the different types of credit you have. So that way, lenders can see how you're able to handle different types of debt. They want to see that you have a credit card. They want to see that you have an installment loan. They want to see that you have an uh, an auto loan. They want to see that you have a mortgage. They they don't just want to see you got five credit cards. I mean, that's okay, but is that all you're gonna do? I I actually, my mom has. Excellent credit. She's actually in the excellent credit range right now. Like She she has excellent credit. But on her credit profile, it shows that she needs an installment loan because she only has credit cards. So if you only have credit cards and no installment loans, they're like, well, we know we can trust you with these cards, but can we trust you with this type of credit? They want to see the type of mix of credit you have. So if you only have credit cards or if you only have student loans in your credit report, essentially you're missing out on 20% of a grade that you could be getting that that's that ten percent is a it's not as a, as big as that thirty five or the thirty percent chunk for payment history and credit utilization, but you're missing a, a grade. You're missing a whole piece of the pie because you don't have enough going on. And then it, here's a little bit of information just to it'll turn you up and put your credit profile it's supposed to be at for every one installment loan you're, the credit bureaus The lenders want to see you have Three credit cards for every installment loan That's just a nugget of information That's a little gem for you right there So for that means if you have an installment loan With a car or whatever right They want you to have three credit cards To supplement that If you have a home loan and a, a car loan that means you need to have six credit cards to supplement that so your credit profile can be structured right you can have the right mix of credit and then so on and so forth uh that's just um you know a little bit of information a little bit of sauce to to take with you so when you do start opening accounts uh, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, you don't have to do that initially when you open, but you want to be able to build to that. You want to be able to, and it's different ways you can do it. It's a different strategy you can implement to be able to have your profile structured properly in order to get the most out of it. Just a little fruit for thought right there, right? So if you, if you, when it boils down to it, they, the, the least amount of credit cards you should have is six, and the least amount of loans you should have is two. That's how it boils down to it, right? And if you go to three loans, you want to have nine cards. So it's like the it's just if you want your your uh credit profile to be structured correctly, and I'll do another a few other podcasts on credit just to break down a few more points. Maybe I got a bunch of gems to drop on you, okay? Like for real, for real. And then they they even have a a a, a ratio, a proportion of uh credit cards to authorized users. Okay, it's a twenty percent ratio. So for every five cards that have that your name is attached to, only one of them can be authorized. users. a lot of people try to get their credit score uh, higher with authorized users, and you you don't have any credit cards your name. Or you only have one credit card your name, but you have two authorized user accounts. That's gonna actually it won't damage your score, but you won't be able to get the most out of your profile as you should because those aren't your accounts. That's why they want you to have four credit cards with your name on it to every one authorized user that you have. And credit is just about how much debt you can manage. The the thing is, the credit bureaus, the, the lenders, the financial agencies, they want you to be able to take on debt. That's how this planet is, the world is built on debt. This economy, this country is built on debt. When Nixon took the the, the gold standard, gold from back in the, he took the gold standard off the dollar, because gold was back in the dollar in 1969. Richard Nixon took the gold standard off the dollar. The dollar became debt. This country is built on debt. These creditors want you to take on debt. They want to see you be able to handle multiple forms of debt now, get, don't get me wrong. You have good debt and you have bad debt. If I take on multiple forms of good debt, debt that making me money, like if I'm using these credit cards or these loans to make money off of, I'm buying assets to make money when I pay that back, that's good debt. If I'm taking credit cards and, and loans to do home improvements or do... Um, uh uh You know, buy clothes with, buy shoes with Do Christmas shopping with Do Black Friday shopping with That's bad debt Because that stuff that you're getting Those clothes, those shoes It's not making you no money Okay, you don't you get a credit card to buy to fund the trip. It's not making you any money. You, you go pay for your tickets and then you go out and, you know, you go to the bars and the restaurants while you're out of town and stuff. That's not making you any money. So that's bad debt because you got to come out of your own pocket to pay for that debt because you got to pay those bills. Like what we just said, credit is trust. You have to pay those bills. So if knowing that you have to pay those bills that you're taking on uh, through via installment loans, via credit cards, via, you know, automobile, whatever have you, You got to come out of pocket with that. You're losing money. Those are liabilities. You're buying liabilities with credit. It won't that's bad debt now, if you 're going to do that, if you just want to have a credit cards just for extra stability, just for in case of emergencies, just to build up your credit that's a different story but don't take on bad debt in order to you know what i 'm saying like that's that's not what you want If you me personally, I use my credit i use my my ability to to go into debt in order to make me money. so if I get a thousand dollars right now, I would go buy an asset for that thousand dollars, and I would use the money that that Uh, asset generates me to pay my monthly bill on that thousand dollar loan I got while keeping the rest as profits and just continue to use that money that that asset generates me to pay on that loan until that loan is paid down and then I'll forever have the money and the proceeds coming in from that asset in order to keep sustaining myself right so after I pay off that loan I don't have no longer the obligation to pay that money every month. But what I do still have is the money I'm generating on a month-to-month basis that that asset that I bought from that is. So that's that's what you call good debt. That's what you want to have. That's what you should strive to have, good debt. Okay? And I, I can actually teach. I'm going to do a, a podcast on that. And I'll do individual coaching with uh, people to know how to get good debt and start businesses they want to start. Uh, you get the next piece of pie, and the last piece of pie is going to be uh, inquiries, credit inquiries, or uh, uh, or how many times is someone looking into your credit profile. That's going to be 10% piece of the pie. Uh, every time your credit is run for some form of funding, in any way, form, or fashion, you receive what you call a hard pull in your credit report, okay, so that the lender uh, can see, like I said, they can see the activity on your report and decide whether or not they want to extend credit to you or how much credit or what the interest rates would be. So basically all the stuff I've been talking about throughout this podcast, it's all boiling back down to it all circles back to this right here, those inquiries. Uh, Basically, when you have your credit report ran, uh, if you go to uh, AutoZone, not AutoZone, uh, Rent-A-Center or uh, Cons. or anywhere you know, uh, Best Buy. You want know, to get a TV? Well, they, they approve you for financing, and, and you know you buy now, pay later. That's all credit is. You get something, you go get that TV that costs a thousand bucks or eight hundred bucks, and you make payments on it every month. Well, in order for them to give you that, they have to do a hard pull on your credit report. And what that is is that whatever institution you're at, whatever lending agency you're at, and in this case, it's going to be Best Buy. They're going to look. They're going to go to the credit bureaus. They're going to go to the principals and say, okay. I need to look at his credit report to see what he has on that report. Is he had any de- uh, delinquencies, mispayments, uh, uh, late payments? Does he have any foreclosures, repos, and stuff like that? I want to go look at his report, and when you do that, you get a hard inquiry on your report. Every time you get a hard inquiry, you, you'll end up losing two to five points. That's why I said uh, average age of accounts kind of ties into that because if you want to you limit – uh, how many accounts you open in a in a certain window of time, so those accounts can one age, and so you can limit the inquiries on your report. If you're using that to generate assets, by all means, man, get as many inquiries as you want, as long as the creditors are willing to, you know, give you uh, funding. Because at this point, you can even go to credit repair companies, and they can get the inquiries removed at no cost to you. So you can just go keep get well. It's gonna be a cost to you because you got to pay the the the, uh, the credit uh, cleaning companies, the credit report uh, repair companies. Um, so, inquiries is a big thing uh, because the more you have on your credit report, the, the riskier you look. Is it, it looks like you're trying to get funding? It looks like you you might be desperate to get money, uh, or get to you know you might be in a a, a a tough spot. So you you you're in need of funding, and if you're using it for good debt. Typically, they understand because typically, if you get three, if you're shopping for rates on an auto loan, chances are you'll get a bunch of increase at one time, maybe three to five increase in a day at that one time. But they view it as you comparing rates on interest, so it's like they won't ding you as much for it, right? So instead of it, it's going to get counted to you as one inquiry instead of three to five. So that's just another thing to look at. It So you want to make sure you limit those. But even if you do seek a lot of funding, even if you are actively looking for funding, you can go to credit repair companies and have your credit repair and have those inquiries removed, okay? As long as it's not an open account, you get those inquiries removed, you'll be just fine, all right? So, basically, the more inquiries you have, the, the more likely you'll get denied for funding. Like I said, you look like a riskier bar. You look like you need money. You look like you're struggling. You're in need of money. Okay? So, the but the good thing is inquiries fall off after two years they don't last forever uh and the two to five points that you lost will be back on your credit score all will be forgiven no harm no foul they won't even know that 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 you had those inquiries to begin with but the good thing about inquiries is they lose effect after a year they start using uh they start causing less and less damage to your credit report and you know it's uh It'll be time to go seek for a little funding. That's why I say only go look for funding every six to six months to a year. Those inquiries get a chance to age, grow, and fall off throughout that time. And also they, they uh, have less effect on your credit report. Man, guys, this has been a beautiful, beautiful uh, episode today. I hope each and every one of you enjoyed it as much as I did. I can't wait to come back and do a part two, part three, part four, because I got a lot of gems to drop on you. This is just the intro right here to credit. I have a lot of gems to drop on you on how to build your credit, different things that go into your credit, different things that can, like, you can get the most out of your credit. And I'm also going to be trying to help people and give back to the community by helping people know how to structure their profile, know what to put on. On their credit know how to build their credit uh teach them you know different avenues to take to repair their credit and just get the most out of it. and even the the difference between taking on good debt and bad debt to get the most out of that so if that's some information you you look forward to or you want to hear man tune back in next time you've been rocking with the cash flow president this is the cfp cash flow president podcast peace